Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Welcome to Netflix and Swill Podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I feel like I got hit by a Mack truck driven by a nine-year-old. This is the last time I'm going to say it on a podcast of ours, I promise. Rule of threes. <laughs> and I got, I feel like I got hit by a Mack truck driven by a tall girl. <laughs> uh, I, I feel a different sort of way about myself after having watched Tall Girl. And Tall Girl 2, I have even more tall problems somehow. Uh, but but how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Doing all right. Um, just kind of sorting through some stuff in my office. The giant stack of uh, trading cards that I'm putting in boxes and sorting. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, I need to... Buy one of those sorting robots that we that we saw the one time. I mean, those would be fantastic. I would love a sorting robot. I recently just pulled out all of my foil lands and uh, all of the lands that are from like sets that uh, look generic, but also were had like the set lands were actually, um, you know, cool and interesting, like Innistrad, uh, like the Innistrad sets and uh, Zendikar. Took those out and uh, am preparing them to be donated to my local game store so someone else can have bad lands in their draft deck. Hey, there you go. I'm very generous with the shit I don't want. Yeah, I have a lot of stuff that I don't need. I have like. Like 18 boxes sitting next to me that I'm sorting cards into. My girlfriend uh, came in here one time. It's like you just have so many cards. So whenever she hears this part of the episode, just remember it could be worse, Ashley. Yeah, I have like the bundle boxes that they that they make that have like so many packs in them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm like sorting things into those and reclaiming some desk space that was just occupied by stuff that I didn't feel like sorting through. My only issue with that is that I'm doing the same thing, except uh, there is uh way too much modern horizons 2 product that i bought uh for that one little box well sorry oh you will be or you already Uh, are depending on how you feel about tall girls our our flagrant excess of wealth that we spend on dumb shit i wouldn't call it wealth i would just call it you know knowing when you have expendable income and not using it to buy nfts yeah that's true um Let's get into what's your swill. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the can. All right. Uh, well, I'll start and I'm drinking the Sweetwater Brewing Company's 420 Imperial IPA. Fortunately, this has every stat that I could ever want on here. Uh, ABV of 9.1 alcohol by volume, which is uh, I've already said that uh, and IBUs of 60. So, you know, there's the flavor. Uh, it's, it's it's nice. I don't know if I'll be drinking a second one of these. 
considering it's 9.1 alcohol by volume, but there it is. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I emptied the, the dregs of my bottle of Jack Daniels into a Mason jar and then topped it off with Dr. Pepper. There you go. And as I go through it, I'm adding more Dr. Pepper because, uh, I had a little left in the bottle after I got how much I wanted. And I was like, well, there's just a little bit left. So I dumped it all in. And I was like, oh, God, that's a lot. Right. So. Look for me to get pretty toasty by the end of this. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait for you to ruin Christmas again. Yeah. It's a deep cut to a, a Christmas episode we did. The first Christmas episode where you got way too drunk. <laughs> Just obliterated. Uh, it was fun. Uh, real quick before we get into the, the normal shit. So uh, I recently purchased, uh, you know, secret lair products for Magic the Gathering, which, uh, you know, whale. But uh, I bought two of the secret lair Stranger Things products, uh, one for myself and one that I intend to give away. That's right. We're doing a giveaway. Uh, we'll see how this fucking goes, because every other time we do a giveaway, no one listens and ever does anything. So we just don't do the giveaway. So uh what we're asking are for reviews on Apple podcasts. Uh, just give us a review, put in like, you know, secret lair, stranger things. And then I want that or whatever, you know, leave five stars. If you leave one, we're, we're not counting it, but we thank you for trying anyway. <laughs> and if, if you leave two stars, we'll make a t-shirt and sell it on our red bubble store. That's that's true. Uh, and then sell, sell the images and NFT. But, uh, I'll probably this will probably run for the at least the rest of February, probably some sometime into March because I just got this thing and I'm just letting you guys know now. So uh, about a month, you have about a month to do this. So do it now. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I guess, an interesting collectible product that uh, <clears throat> combines the two IPs that we podcast about. So, yeah. And then there's going to be a League of Legends arcane one that you hate. It's fine. I'm fine with it. Mm. But not mad it exists that that a company wants to make money with their product. Right. But yeah, uh, I I don't remember if I got two of that or not, but the Stranger Things one I definitely purchased for this exact reason. So, uh, yeah, do that thing. And then uh, you you could potentially win uh, ways going for sealed a hundred dollars. All right. Uh, and that'll move us into the news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. All right, well, uh, Disney's taken back their shit. Uh, so all of the Defenders associated properties uh, are going to be leaving Netflix on March 1st. Uh, so the affected series are uh, all three seasons of Daredevil. All. Did they make three seasons of Jessica Jones? They did. They did. Uh, two seasons of Luke Cage, uh, one season of Iron Fist. Two. They, he, they did two. Uh, yeah. They did the, two. the Chi Bullets was the, the yeah, end of was, season two. That was part two. Um, and then two seasons of The Punisher and then the one off series of Defenders. Mm-hmm. All leaving on March 1st. I don't think I watched season two of Luke Cage. No, we did. We watched it for the show. Uh, we did as a show. I'm saying I don't think I did. Oh. Or I just don't remember it. Oh, that was the one. I think he was like he went to a church. He was like on the run. Uh, yeah. He also teams up with Iron Fist at some point, And that was the best iteration of Iron Fist there's ever been. Yeah, in, I remember in Marvel. that. 
Yeah, because I got excited because I was like, oh, they're doing Heroes for Hire. Yeah. Uh, and then Disney Plus came out and it's like, oh, these shows are, are never going to be made again. These shows are garbage now. Uh, that's right. I did watch that. I just don't remember it. And it became a crime boss at the end. And they showed up in Jessica Jones wearing his crime boss outfit. Yeah. I only know that part because Ashley uh, was watching Jessica Jones for her show. Uh, and I like to say that she is the reason uh, this is happening now. And it's definitely not the fact that uh, Disney wants to reclaim their property in any way, shape or form. It's that Ashley watched Jessica Jones and therefore the show had to die. Yeah. I'm thinking about just buying all the seasons. Oh, yeah, because you can do that because uh, Disney likes people having physical media still. And makes physical media available to people. I don't know. I've I've definitely seen them at like Target. They had all the the DVDs of, you know, most of them. So. Right. Well, that was like with House of Cards, too. Like House of Cards had DVDs out there, too, because uh, that was Sony, I believe, that licensed the series, the series out to Netflix. Uh, so in relation to this, uh, Disney CFO, uh, Disney CFO during their earnings call said that Disney expects to lose $200 million in light in licensing revenue as it reclaims rights to various series. So this is probably part of it, which means that Netflix was still paying Disney money in order to have these on their service is how I'm interpreting that. Yeah, it seems weird that they were still licensing like they were still like owning the rights based off of something. I don't know. That's strange. But uh, so that's, you know, probably a couple hundred. Uh, that's probably like a hundred million dollars that aren't going to Disney anymore. So good job, Netflix. Uh, use that to make Tall Girl 3. Yeah. So um, final thing I want to bring up on this is that uh, there are a few other series, like high-profile series, that Netflix doesn't outright own. Uh, those being The Crown, The Umbrella Academy, Lucifer, and Cobra Kai. Uh, Netflix just has the distribution rights to those, not like the production rights. So at any point, those could be voided out and go to anybody else. Like I think, um, I think Lucifer is Disney. Uh, Umbrella Academy is all uh, Warner Brothers. Uh, the crown is Sony Cobra Kai is also Sony. So at any point, any of those deals could also fall through and Netflix could lose all of their uh, stuff, especially after the shows get canceled. So I think the next one to keep our eyes on is Lucifer and see if that ever leaves. Yeah. I think if Cobra Kai leaves Netflix, we just stop doing the show. I think when Cobra Kai leaves Netflix, it'll be after it's done. Like it's run its course. Cause like, <laughs> Well, from the way they're going, I don't I don't know if that'll ever happen. happen. But like you're if you're Sony, you're making tons of money off of the fact that Netflix is still making more and more seasons of the show. So like Mm -hmm. I figure you pull it whenever you stop making tons and tons of money from the show still going. So like whenever it's canceled, 20 seasons in a movie. That's fine. If only community came out around this time, then community would be going forever because who cares? Well, I don't know. I saw something last week that like Joel McHale said everybody's on board for the community movie except for Dan Harmon. I mean, didn't he like leave and come back and then leave again or something like I don't know, something like that. But also like. I feel like because of some problematic shit that he said and did. 
that like outside of Rick and Morty, because like the fans of that show don't care, but like outside right. of that, he's kind of persona non grata in Hollywood. Right. That's fair. It's just something to be aware, aware of is that more of your favorite stuff could be leaving Netflix, which is why they're trying to like outright own productions now. And I think that's been going in that direction all over the place, yeah. like everywhere. Like uh, yeah, licensing stuff's always tricky because you can you can dump money into stuff and then just get the rug pulled out from under you. Right. So, so that's why you see that strategy from Netflix. Like, I think Sweet Tooth is WB. Yeah. Well, like who owns the rights to He-Man? Is that Hasbro? Uh, probably. But like, where would that go other than Netflix? Like, that doesn't seem like it fit in anybody else's wheelhouse. Yeah. Netflix is just like a, a fucking dartboard with like a machine gun dart shooter. I don't know what I'm what I'm trying to say is that the only good thing that. Dan Harmon ever did was playing the proprietor of Frank Swords in Cautionary Tales of Swords. Uh, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> Quit hating America and get one of these. It's a sword with a gun attached. 100% safe. God, I love that show. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. Before when we talked about, like, I don't think we really talked about, like, too many shows leaving Netflix in, in terms of, like, Netflix originals or, like, things that are branded as Netflix originals. But, uh... I'm interested to see where this goes because Netflix isn't the only ones who have to deal with this. Like this is every company like um, for instance, this is a list provided by Netflix, Dan, who I think listens to the show or at least follows the, the, uh, the Twitter uh, page uh, that, which uh, thank you. But uh, so the boys owned by Sony, Ted Lasso owned by WB hacks, universal station 11 paramount, and they're all in different streaming services. So, at any point, like there's a whole bunch of productions that could just leave the streaming services they're on and go to other streaming services. And the only one who will lose out on that is Netflix because they're the only ones who don't license out any other material. Hmm. Fuck. All right. Uh, so I believe that is all the news that we have for this week. So That's why right. don't we get into some downstream and talk about some trailers that we watched? Baby, I can't control the Internet. <laughs> All right, and our first trailer this week is for Vikings, colon, Valhalla. Said over a thousand years ago in the early 11th century, Vikings Valhalla chronicles the heroic adventures of some of the most famous Vikings who ever lived. The legendary explorer Leif Erikson, Hingadinga Durgan, his fiery <laughs> and headstrong sister Freydis Eric's daughter, and the ambitious Nordic prince Harold Sigurdsson, uh, as tensions between the Vikings and the English royals reach a blood-breaking point, and as the Vikings themselves clash over the conflicting Christian and, Christian and pagan beliefs, these three Vikings begin an epic journey that will take them across oceans and through battlefields from Kattegat to England and beyond as they fight for survival and glory. I feel like I've been sleeping on the show and it's it's time for me to uh, wake up and fucking watch it. Yeah, I mean, while well, this is the first season of a new thing. Also, I hate you for calling it Vikings colon Valhalla. This isn't the countdown. We don't make that stupid joke here. Uh, I mean, I have creative license to do whatever the hell I goddamn well please. Thank you. <laughs> whatever. Uh, but yeah, like this, is, it was like, I think the first show was like History Channel and then like Amazon grabbed it or something. I don't fucking know. 
but yeah, uh, it's it's another historical thing because I think um, the kingdom is ending at some point this year on Netflix, and they need something to fill that void for themselves. So they, you know, got Vikings Valhalla with Leif Leif Erikson, which who is Eric's son. And then his sister, who is Eric's daughter, and then the yeah. other main character is Sigurd's son. I really like the fucking Viking name scheme. So it's like, yeah. oh, your your dad was a cool person, so we're gonna name you Eric's son. Oh, your your dad was a cool guy, so we're gonna name you Eric's daughter. I also like the spelling because it's E R I K S D O T T E R. Yeah, Eric's daughter. It's like you really hit. You really hit like Eric's daughter. Yeah. Uh, I also like the fact that, you know, when there's an S like like they basically just like remove the punctuation and just like cram it all together. Yeah. It's neat. Uh, as for what I think, uh, I think the show looks interesting and it looks interesting enough that it's now a main view topic uh, whenever it comes out, uh, which is soon. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, our next trailer is for The Weekend Away, starring Leighton Meester. Remember her? She was in some things once upon a time. Uh, the Weekend Away is an edge-of-your-seat thriller that follows two best friends on a vacation gone awry. Uh, when one of them goes missing, the other must prove her innocence, but her efforts to get to the truth uncover painful secrets. Directed by Kim Ferrant, screenplay by Sarah Alderson, based on the book The Weekend Away by Sarah Alderson. So... You know this is going to be a good movie when they have to put uh, the star's name in the title of the movie on YouTube. Yeah, I guess. Because, and by that I mean, you know this is going to be a fucking shit show. Yeah. Because there is, like, I've seen we, Netflix we a few We gotta rely times. on the star power of this C-lister. Right. Uh, who I remember specifically from a Cobra Starship song back in the late 2000s. Oh my god. That song still bops. Good girls go bad. That that song still bops. She's a feature on it. And that's the only reason I know who she is, which is fantastic. But yeah, uh this looks like generic thriller. Like if if you guys remember Beckett from last year, this reminds me of Beckett. Uh and I don't think that movie is very good. So <laughs> I saw Cobra Starship in concert. Uh where? Uh at Campus Fest, they oh my god, you remember they were Campus at Clarion University the one wait, year. Wait, was that with Gym Class Heroes? I think it may have been. I don't know. And I did I just, too. The only other Campus Fest I remember is when they had Colby Calais as the headliner. I remember but that they had, but they had the Bravery open for her, uh, which is a band that I actually was into. Or no, Bravery was the headliner, and Colby Calais opened. But like she had she had one shitty song. Yeah, I specifically remember this because like a bunch of people were there to see her and then like 20 or so people stayed to see the bravery, which is a band that I actually was quite into. And uh, despite despite everybody fucking dipping out, they fucking rocked the house. And I was so excited. Yeah, bravery solid. I like the bravery. Oh, the other one. The other one I remember was T-Pain. I've seen T-Pain in concert. I mean, it's T-Pain. T-Pain streams on Twitch now. I fucking love T-Pain. Yeah, T-Pain's the best. You know, we had had some pretty good campus fest. There was also uh, Kesha later on. 
Oh yeah, I remember Kesha. I didn't I didn't go to see Kesha, but I remember like a bunch of trashy white girls walking there covered in body glitter. And then there was like some sort of incident that involved the police. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. Looks like, a, you know, throwaway lifestyle film. Or life Lifetime? Is that the name of the channel? Yes. Lifetime television for idiots. All right. Uh, well, our last trailer this week is for something kind of interesting. Uh, it's called Cat Burglar. Classic cartoon craziness meets an interactive quiz in Cat Burglar. In this Tex Avery inspired tune from creators of Black Mirror, uh, the viewer helps Rowdy Cat vex Peanut the security pup to break into a museum uh, with the goal of making off with a priceless prize. With an average runtime of 10 minutes and over an hour and a half of animation to choose from, the viewer could play Cat Burglar a hundred times and never view the same cartoon twice. Uh, in this edgy, over-the-top interactive trivia tune, answer correctly to help Rowdy the Cat evade Peanut the security pup and steal some prized paintings. So it's a cartoon that distracts you from the fact that you're watching a cartoon by asking you a bunch of questions that don't relate to the cartoon. Right. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think this is probably the most intriguing of them all that we watched for this week because it's. Like right away, I looked at the animation and just went, ooh, Cuphead slash Tex Avery. Interesting. Yeah. And Actually, um, I really like Tex Avery cartoons. There was uh, there was a show that was on like, you know, because I grew up in the country and we just had an antenna because cable didn't go to my house. Uh, so, you know, on like days when I was sick from school, uh, one of the shows that I watched a lot was called The Wacky World of Tex Avery. And it was just, mm. you know, it's like uh, knockoff Looney Tunes. Yeah. But uh, uh, they were good. They were good. I like Tex Avery cartoons. I don't, this isn't affiliated with Tex Avery tunes. It's more it's uh, inspired by. Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of in the cuphead vein. And I don't know, like the cat apparently like from the look of it, it like you have three three lives, so like if you die, you get to go back and try again. Uh, I don't know why the cat doesn't have nine lives. It's I think it's to gamify it in a way. It's to gamify like, it, but like also th this cat apparently takes part in a lot of high risk behaviors. But uh, if you die, the cat will come out and and chastise you as a as an angel. Stop being so stupid. Which he's uh. Uh, a thief, so I don't know why he has wings and a halo. But yeah, it is what it is. Representation of somebody's dead. Maybe, maybe he. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he donates a lot to, uh, you know, any number of great causes, like uh, live stream for the cure. We'll we'll plug that. <laughs> Com coming eventually. <clears throat> yeah. Or, uh, I don't know, the cause that I donate to monthly, which is uh, Doctors Without Borders. Or, or the cause that I donate to monthly, my bills. Oof. It's all right. I'm about to lose one soon. I pay. I uh, got a nice little bonus at work and uh, paid off uh, most of that. So I only have like four months of payments left. Yeah. I got a nice little bonus at work. I should I should pay my bills. Yeah, right. Fuck that. Buy a million dual lands. 
I don't know. Some some of that is earmarked for uh, my addiction to cardboard rectangles. Some of it's earmarked for uh, a vacation that I plan to take later this year. Yeah, some of it's just going to sit in my account and look nice. But yeah, Cat Burglar looks fun. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I'll definitely be checking it out. Won't be like a main review topic or anything, because I feel like this is like a, you know, a quick burn kind of thing. Like, yeah. ah, this is a neat little thing. And then we'll move on. It's something that I feel like I could go two or three times and be just fine not seeing every possible extrapolation of all the different choices and stuff. So. Right. All right. Uh, well, with that, it's time to get into some quick hits where we talk about things that we watched outside of our normally scheduled viewing. So. Uh, and there was there was a thing that we both watched that I'm excited to talk about. So, oh, OK. I didn't know you also watched this. Why don't you tell me about Murderville starring Will right. Arnett? So Murderville is an improv comedy show where everybody but asterisk. The, well, it, it is an improv show where everybody but the celebrity guest character uh, are given a script. And, you know, they bring up comical situations where the uh, celebrity guest character will have to be put in like weird situations or have to do weird things uh, off script. And sometimes it's really funny. And sometimes, depending on the guest, it's painfully unfunny. Yeah, um, I mean, the quality episodes depends on like the guests willingness to yes and them. Uh, So like. There were certain ones that like like the Sharon Stone episode I did not like that much just because Ooh. like she's a she's a decent actress, but she doesn't have like the I don't know. Like I feel like in that because Will Arnett's good enough in it that like yeah. even when the guest isn't participating the way they should, he can kind of guide them to it, to what they're supposed to get and do. But like um basically like the the guest each time just gets dropped into the situation and just has to roll with it. Um, And like, they also have to solve the crime, like at the end of it uh, in each episode, they interview three subjects and uh, or suspects even. And they have to, you know, go off of like the things they talk about and figure out which one did the murder. Uh, the first episode was with Conan O'Brien, which like he's improv champ. It's like, the best one. Like we can, I think we can both agree on that. He is uh, the best it's, guest. It's quite good. And also like, uh, has some of the most funny moments. Cause like they, they go to like, uh, a sloppy Joe restaurant basically. And like, Will Arnett's forcing him to put more and more hot sauce on his sloppy Joe and Conan's just like gagging while trying to ask the waitress questions because she's a suspect. It's uh, it's hysterical. And like he's he's so Conan is so good at improv. So like after the first episode, I was like, oh, they're. They're probably all going to be people who have like a background in this, but no. that's not always the case. No, like Conan Conan's the best one because he like. You you expect on some occasions like yes something funny is going to happen where someone's going to break character, uh, and most of the time it's a celebrity guest. In that episode, Will Arnett breaks character, and another fucking actor breaks character too. <laughs> well, like the funniest parts of the show are always where like 
the dead body that they're examining breaks character because it's just a dude who has to lay there and these ridiculous things happen around him. So it's just like these dead people laying on a fucking like slab or whatever. And then like they're examining the body and talking about it and like the the dead guy's just like starting to smile and like you can see his chest moving as he's trying to stifle a laugh. Yeah. Uh, and those moments are fantastic. Like the uh, Sharon Stone episode where they they're like, oh, look at this man's nipples. And they just start playing with yeah. the dude's nipples. They start, he's like, tweaking his nipples and the dead guy's just <laughs> laying there like grinning. <laughs> Uh, uh, there's shit like that is like really really funny Um, so this show you might not be aware of this this is based on I think a British show of the same like same premise but it's called Murder in Successville uh, which like the twist there is they'll have somebody playing like they don't have the celebrities that they name drop but it's like the premise is it's a town where everybody is like a celebrity. So like they'll have so-and-so playing fucking Will Smith or whatever. Uh, But like the, the premise is like this town of celebrities, there's like murders and stuff in it. So it's like kind of the same thing, but with like an additional twist to it. Uh, I haven't seen that show, but like the, this premise is so strong that like it, like it really worked like this show kind of just fires on all cylinders and is actually really good. And I wish that the trailer had done a better job of selling me on it because I watched the trailer and I was like, this doesn't look good. So I feel like a lot of people that would genuinely enjoy this show aren't going to watch it. Right. Uh, I, I, I think it works when it's good. It's working when it's not working. This show is kind of painful. Uh, and I will now list off my definitive tier list for the Murderville celebrities. So uh, at six, we have Ken Jong, uh, mainly because that guy couldn't fucking stop breaking the entire episode. Well, he he just giggles the whole time. Yeah, and it's like, dude, like I know it's a comedic situation, but also shut the fuck up because like just like you got to just let the show kind of exist too like yeah you can break sometimes like breaking sometimes is acceptable but like it's every situation with him <laughs> well yeah they they make him like impersonate the fucking president of finland and he just said like has to do an accent and shit and he's just like giggling the whole time yeah but like he also i, I don't know i actually really liked ken jong's episode because he he does a good job of yes anding. Like he's he's a comedic actor like he right. He he plays along with it despite, you know, Jimmy Falloning his way through it. Yes, that's true. He's he's definitely in the bottom half for me, but like I, I thought his episode was genuinely funny. All right. Uh, at five, I have Annie Murphy, who was so fucking lifeless that that episode was painful to watch because of how yeah. uninteresting it was. I'm sorry, Annie Murphy. But <laughs> not good. Uh, then at four, I have Kamel Nanjiani, who I thought like he had some funny moments, but also did a lot of just like, eh, I don't give a shit. This is yeah. a thing that I'm doing. He he felt the most out of place. Like you could tell he was uncomfortable with it. 
and it made you the viewer uncomfortable with it because right. they just they they also make him do a lot of dumb shit. Uh, three is where I have Sharon Stone, uh, mainly because like I she showed genuine like she, she might not have been funny, but she showed like genuine enthusiasm to be there and to be working like a murder case, even though it's fake. So I kind of mm-hmm. wanted to, I, I kind of want Netflix to give her like a procedural. Where like she's the star of the procedural and she's like the detective or whatever for that show. I think it'd be interesting. Uh, at two, I have Marshawn Lynch because he's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and then, of course, Conan O'Brien, number one. Marshawn Lynch is fucking hysterical, man. Like he just the way he just the way his presence is, is very funny to me. And you thought that Conan was the best one. Oh, Conan's by far the best because Conan's he is the very, best very rapport. good. He has the rapport. He buys into the concept and he also is not just yes ending, but he, he adds his own stuff to it. He's actively contributing to the show. See, it's it's a tight race for one and two for me. But like the first two episodes of this are so strong, but I, I really think that Marshawn Lynch is the best episode of this because like just because I didn't expect it, like I've I've been a fan of Conan for forever. Like right. I, I grew up watching late night uh, with my sister. That was like the one thing that we had was like staying up late every night during the summer and watching late night together that like it was the one thing that we did where we weren't just like screaming at each other. So like, I don't know, I just I just have an innate attachment there, but like. Marshawn Lynch was so fucking funny without me expecting it. Right. Cause like there's, there's a scenario that they set up where like they're going to watch a subject be interrogated through a two way mirror. But then they realized that like the two way mirror had to, was like broken and had to be taken out. So the guy comes in, Marshawn Lynch has to mimic his movements and it's Marshawn Lynch trying to mirror a fucking old white dude. Yeah. And that scenario is so fucking funny to me that like <laughs> just and and plus like, like whenever they like introduced him in the episode, he's like, I don't want you calling me Marshawn like during this. I want I want to be I want to change my name. I want to be Detective Bag a Bitch. So like whenever I get somebody, I can be like a bagged you bitch. And then like that evolves into like Bagabiche. So they're just calling him Detective Bagabiche. Like it's <laughs> like his like he's French. And right. like it's so fucking funny that like the the first episode with Conan, I was expecting to just be like a fucking riot. And it was right. like Conan was hilarious. But like the second episode took me by surprise so much that like I have to see a fucking comedy movie with Marshawn Lynch as the lead now. Cause he's actually really fucking funny. And I had no idea. I don't know if he's ready for comedy lead. I would definitely like to see him start making like extended cameos. Like I, I know he's probably not with the, the Sandler crew, but like, I wonder if you start being like, hello, Adam, can you start putting Marshawn Lynch in your movies? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think he has a future as a fucking comedic actor. Like he just has. I don't know. He's he's got like he's got something. Big, he's got big comedy chops. Yeah. My uh, my 
introduction to his comedic styles was when it was the Super Bowl press conference where he's just like, I'm just here so I won't get fined. And then he'll, he'll like, next question, the person will ask a question, like, I'm just here so I won't get fined. And they just keep asking him questions. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Because he, he'd been getting fined, like, tons of money because he wasn't, he, he would, like, just refuse to show up for press conferences. So instead, he would just show up and just answer the press conferences that way. So it's like, ah, this guy has, like, you know, r slash malicious compliance. I love it. And then, you know, it turns out he's actually just hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's I didn't I didn't really expect it to be anything. And then mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. My my wife watched the first like one or two episodes while I was I think it was when we were recording stacking triggers and I just heard her cackling like <laughs> relentlessly from the fucking living room. And I was right. like, OK, something something really funny is going on. And I walked out and she was watching Murderville. Uh, so then it just became like our our week of like you know we uh, like i watched the first couple uh and like she rewatched them with me and then uh like every night it was like hey do we have time to watch a murderville real quick right and uh, it's a 30 minute episodes they're easily digestible yeah yeah there's six episodes um like i i wish that there was more um but like i understand the like the logistics of like we have a new celebrity that we have to coordinate with every fucking week. So like uh, seasons of this might be small, but I genuinely hope that like this gets another at least like two, three seasons. Yeah. Uh, Casey, don't curse this. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I th- For like the static cast in it, I think that Will Arnett's fantastic. Like he he just plays like the depressed down on his luck, like shit heel so well yeah. that like, I don't know, it's it's kind of like a live action Bojack, um, like the police chief that he works under uh, is also his wife that he's separated from and going through a divorce with. Uh, so like, that's kind of hilarious. Yep. Like he cool. has to watch her date and like, I don't know. Um, he's trying to solve the murder of like his former partner throughout the season. So like who's Jennifer, there's Aniston. just, there's just a picture of Jennifer Aniston hanging on the wall. <laughs> She's yeah. not in the show at all. Not at all. Uh, which is also funny. Uh, but yes, if you're learning anything from this conversation, please, please watch murderville. It's actually pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was going to throw a four star rating on this bad boy. I think uh, I think it definitely has legs. I definitely want to see it continue. Yeah, I'm going three and a half. I, like I said, I think it's when it's when it's good, it's great. When it's when it's not working, it oof, that it is it is rough to watch. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I feel like I am able to laugh at just like awkwardness more than you. So like even whenever <laughs> the the guest is like completely fucking up the whole thing. I still kind of think that it's funny, so. Man. All right. Uh, well, that's everything I watched this week, so we'll get into what you watched. Uh, so I watched the second episode of Trace, uh, which is the Philippines supernatural animation project that Netflix does. 
Uh, I'm done. I, I, I can't anymore. Uh, it's been probably like three months since I watched the first episode and I was like, oh, there's some promise here, but you know, there's still issues where, you know, even though the episodes are like 30 minutes, it feels like they're trying to cram together two storylines that don't match somehow in order to make a, a through line narrative show. And just, it doesn't work. You know, uh, I appreciate what you're going for, but if you stuck to like 22 minute animation episodes and just focused on like a procedural, but with, you know, supernatural beings, I'd be more interested in it, but yeah, uh, I'm done. Uh, sorry, Trace. I, I really tried, but you're just not that interesting. Unfortunate. Oh my God. I wish I could claim my dogs as children. I'd have, I'd have so much money on my tax return. Uh, did you watch anything else this week? Nope, just Murderville. All right. Uh, so with that, we're going to cut into a quick break. And when we come back, it'll be time for our main review topics. Tall Girl 1 and 2. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Caleb, it's time to get into uh, the first half of our main review topics for the week. Tall Girl. All right. Well, the first Tall Girl film in the franchise is a 2019 PG rated comedy drama family film. Uh, it is historically a 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, thereby being the metric that we compare everything else to. Jody, the tallest girl in her school, has always felt uncomfortable in her own skin. But after years of slouching, being made fun of, and avoiding attention at all costs, Jody def- finally decides to find the confidence to stand tall. This is directed by Nziga Stewart. It's a complicated <laughs> first name, standard white person last name. That's weird. Right. Uh, written by Sam Wolfson. Stars Ava Michelle, Griffin Gluck, and Sabrina Carpenter. All right. So real quick, uh, Gluck is a, an awful last name. Just just the fucking worst. Yeah. When, just imagine being nicknamed the Gluck Gluck 9000. Well, like, it's not. <laughs> you dumb piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> it's not much different from his name in the movie because his last name is Dunkelman. Uh, and they just call him Dunkers. Well, I think the Swedish foreign exchange student calls him Dunkers, and then everyone's like, oh, wait, why haven't we been calling this man that the whole time? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's uh, This is a movie about a uh, a conventionally attractive white girl who's a little bit tall, and how hard her life is that everybody picks on her for being tall, and everybody just constantly says, how's the weather up there? Uh, and then finally, at the end of the movie, she answers the question, which is all they wanted the whole time, which is why they kept asking her. 
She uh, finally lets them know. Right. I, I feel like if she just let them know, it would have been all solved. Uh, this movie is fucking bullshit. I fucking despise this movie. Well, we'll get into it later on. But like they <laughs> they explicitly call out in the second movie like, oh, you think your life's hard because you're a little bit tall. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, guys, I, I got, I heard that part. I was fucking laughing. I'm like, guys, like, are we really pretending that six one is like a fucking uh, like Amazonian warrior height? Like, God, that's my fetish. If six- I was in high school with this girl, she would not feel bad. I, it, it, so there's there's that. Like, it, it's her being like, I'm six one. Everyone else is is shorter than me somehow. Like, there's so many guys in her fucking school, and none of them are six foot, at least. Like, you're, you're fucking kidding me, right? That's not yeah. possible. It's like, why are you not on the volleyball slash basketball team? Just do either of those things. You'll be a fucking hero. You'll be the greatest player in school history because you're so fucking tall. You're, you're throwing your gift away. <laughs> but it's like, it's like the, the way the movie like shoots her, like it's it's so forced perspective where like everyone looks like they're about six inches shorter than they even are. And maybe that's on purpose where the movie is like, oh, we're showing it from her perspective. So everyone seems shorter, e- even more short than they are to her. But even still, that's so fucking dumb because six one is even tall. It's not. It's yeah, like slightly know. above I mean, average like- for a dude. I think average height for a woman in the United States is like five, eight. So, yeah, she's she's a little bit tall. Yeah. But like, I don't know. The actress, like her actual height is six, two, because that's the very first thing that it lists on IMDb for her uh, is that she's kind of tall. Oh, believe me, uh, I I looked at that. I I went, how tall are all of these actors? And like, of course, I got Steve Zahn, who is like five, seven. Angela Kinsey, who might be like five foot flat. Yeah, uh, and she's just like a fucking Neanderthal throwback that got like the genes that everyone else missed. R- right. So like, because her <sighs> sister is like, I feel like they intentionally cast a short actress as her sister in this, because like her sister's like five feet tall. I feel like they intentionally cast everybody short. Like there was nobody taller yeah. than like five eight on the set. Like, where's Tom Cruise in this movie? I got him, guys. I fucking got him. Tom Cruise. (laughs) Take me down a notch. You know what I mean? Um, It's like like Griffin Gluck. uh, Like, we've seen him before in like Lock and Key and American Vandal, and he's always a short kid. So, like, they they went with, you know, a shorter cast to make it look like she's even taller than normal. But in reality, like, there's there statistically has to be at least like several kids that are like on the fucking football team that don't that are just as tall, if not taller than her. Yeah. So like to this movie's logic, the only way that they can get somebody taller than her for her to start to have a crush on in the movie is for them to have a Swedish foreign exchange student. You know how the Swedes are like, are they're uh, renowned for being tall Aryan people. Yep. Uh, with long flowing blonde hair, which he has. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a, uh, I don't know. Kind of p- pigeonholed all of Sweden here. Yeah. Uh, and like this, this uh, foreign dreamboat 
uh, laments how he's the ugliest person at his school. Right, which is fucking but, hilarious. But American kids are so fucking ugly <laughs> that he's just like the most attractive person who's ever strode the face of this uh, beautiful green and blue planet that God created. Have you uh, ever the seen of, the, 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 the God of Christian love and friendship? Have you seen the meme image of like, it's like three Swedish girls at fucking McDonald's, like, like working at a McDonald's. And it's like, look, it's three Swedish fives or in America, <laughs> t- three tens. And I'm just like, yes, those women are gorgeous. What are you fucking talking about? Those women being fives. Get the fuck out of here. So like, <sighs> it, it's, t- it's taking that joke and expanding on it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we're we're just we're not talking about the movie. We're just shitting on the movie. That's going to yes. continue for a bit. Um, also, like. Her older sister, who is average slash below average height, is a, a beauty pageant queen, uh, which like goes to further bolster her unconfidence in her uh, freakish gargantuan proportions. Uh, so like. <laughs> This fucking movie is so bad. Uh, so, like, they try to do a, a part in the movie where, like, they try to give her a bit of a glow up. And, like, her sister goes to do a makeover on her. And, she, like, every every time they put her in a dress, she's like, I'm deeply uncomfortable with this. Uh, and she finally settles on the outfit that makes her feel like herself, uh, which is the ugliest pantsuit that you could imagine. Right. Uh, with a fucking frilly... She, like she has Austin the puffy Powers shirt. Scholar. She has the puffy shirt from fucking Seinfeld. That's that's the shirt she decided to, to wear. And it's like, I don't know, she starts to wear a little bit of makeup and everybody is like, oh, wow, tall women are sexy. Uh, like, who does this bitch think she is? Because she's she's not just like. Presenting her most average appearance to the world every single day, right? And then so then her her uh, love. Well, one of the love interests in the movie is uh, played by uh, Mr. Gluck Gluck 9000. And he <laughs> is cuck. Yeah, Griffin. Is Griffin, that anything? That's kind of something because that, that kid and I sent this to you in a private message. But like this kid, this kid plays a fucking incel for two movies. He's a fucking incel. And yeah. that's why I am so mad that. Not only in the first one, and I, I'm, I'm spoiling this because I don't give a fuck. In the first one, he gets with her at the end. And then the second one, he gets back with her at the end because it's rewarding in cell behavior because because yeah. because damn it, I lit a few candles for you and you should swoon. I've been following you for seven fucking years that I and I fucking yeah. deserve the and first shot like at that ass. A belligerent fucking creep. <laughs> <laughs> she should not fucking be talking to this kid. No. He's so toxic and awful. And just like everything he does is the worst possible thing that like a white male can do in terms of being creepy and shitty and just like not respecting her and her boundaries and like her wants and desires and like this fucking kid is the worst. He's the worst. There's no reason that she should be with him at the end of the first one. There's no like it's honestly, uh, it's like the fucking I don't know. It, like he 
he stops short of like fucking roofing her or like like i feel like that wasn't like off the table though for him like he he likes her therefore he thinks he's owed her right like he comes in every day being like oh i brought you a smoothie check out all the shit that i got you are we dating now and he and she's like no why would we be dating and it's like yeah you, this just you reinforces remember, everything you remember bad. the last time i asked you out and you said i'm a lesbian where are we at on that <laughs> But, but like I, I he was just the most frustrating character because at some point you expect him to grow the fuck up and he doesn't like he's just the same and you like he's she talks just about, so shitty and then she talks about at the end like standing up for herself and like acting tall and like being like you know like finally putting her foot down and like you know stepping on people like like they want mommy so like you expect her to actually stand up to him and then he's just like She's like, oh, no, you've been so nice. Like, she's been like, she's been so abused in her own mind that she's just like, oh, this person's been very nice to me for seven years. I guess it's time to repay that by finally dating him. He fucking comes into her bedroom while she's sleeping. (coughs) I'm dying because I'm so mad about this movie. He comes into her fucking bedroom while she's sleeping and starts stroking her hair. That's not okay. It's, it's it's Twilight cranked up to 11. I, oh, I was watching you sleep. You're so beautiful. Get the fuck out of my house. I'm calling the police. Well, she and the thing is, that she even says that she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm stroking. Oh, your sister said I can come in here. And she said, like, well, yeah, she said you can come in, not like fucking get up all in my grill because yeah. you want to. And then she goes on to have a regular conversation with him. Like, oh, that's so fucking strange. What if, like a normal teenager, she was like masturbating or like, you know, looking at the changes to her body in the mirror, and then the guy just comes in and sees that, and it's terrible forever. Like, that's such a huge invasion of privacy that, like, in no universe is this okay. Right. Exactly. So I'm glad we got that out of our systems. So the rest of the plot of Tall Girl 1 is that (laughs) she is just upset at her height. And it's her coming to terms with how tall she is and how she's like, everybody, it's homecoming now. I'm here in my platform heels and my uh, blue leisure suit that I'm going to go kidnap Mr. Shirley in later. Yeah. Uh, please, please respect me. I don't want to fixate on this too much, but like, I just want to let you know that like the creepy kid uh, played by Griffin Gluck, who is her, I guess, main love interest in the movie despite not being the actual main love interest for her in the movie Uh, in the poster for the movie, he is wearing a trench coat, which is the worst article of clothing that somebody can try to portray not being a a crime boss in. Right. Also, he, he dresses horribly. Like every outfit he wears is always tucked into his pants. Every single one. He dresses like a cool youth pastor. And it's like, who's this 37-year-old high school kid? Oh, my God. It's 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 just such... It just sends such the wrong message. That, like, this girl... Like, ultimately, she should have had no love interest by the end of the movie. Every man treated her horribly in that movie. She should have never been like... She should have never been like, oh, I'm now dating one of you. Yeah. No, like, this movie should have ended, like... Oh, I've found the confidence in myself and I'm okay just being myself. And that's the end of the movie. Right. 
and she pushes the toxic people away, including uh, the the shitty incel kid who just gluck gluck nine thousand fucking wants to worship her big feet in some like fetish nightmare. And then, uh, of course, like so, his his character quirk, other than being a fucking creep, is that he carries around a fucking milk crate. And we're like, why is he carrying yeah. around a milk crate? This he doesn't is so carry weird. a backpack. He has a milk crate with a leather strap attached to it that he carries his school books in. And you're like, why is he carrying such a thing? And it turns out at the end, he's like, I've been waiting for this moment for seven years, which should have been like the nine thousandth red flag. But then he flips it over and stands in the milk crate, so he's tall enough to be able to kiss her. And it's like, ugh. Uh, that's not sweet. Uh, that's fucking weird. There's no way that he didn't fucking break into her house at some point and rifle through her dirty laundry. Because, like, we explicitly know from this movie that he comes in and watches her sleep and touches her hair. Right. Uh, it's like the panty raid episode of SpongeBob, which never gets aired anymore because it's a panty. Yeah. It's about a panty. Yeah, raid. they they took it off TV because it's too horny for kids. Right. So I guess you're going to miss the panty raid. That, yeah, that was such a that was, that was a weird, weird move at the very end of that episode is to go to a panty raid where they invade Mr. Krabs's mom's house for her panties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just wanted to steal some girls panties. So they go to Mr. Krabs's mom's house. That's. <laughs> That's still one of the wildest fucking things I've ever seen in the cartoon. <laughs> I don't know. SpongeBob didn't shy away from weird shit like that. Remember no. the one they were all at the beach and like SpongeBob realized he was woefully unqualified to be a lifeguard. So he tried to get everybody out of the ocean by saying somebody peed in it. Yeah. There's also the one where SpongeBob fake being dead because he wanted to show everyone he ripped his pants again. Yeah. Also, so like. They're all sea creatures, and he's worried about them drowning. Well, they make a, a, a meta reference to that at one point where. Um, yeah. How do, how do we have a fire? We're underwater and then the fire just snuffs out. Well, well no, th- th- there's another one where someone writes a letter and is like, how are there fires underwater? If, you know, considering fires can't be underwater, and they wrote him a letter. And it's like, sorry, man, I can't read your letter. Uh, the ink is washing off because of all the water. And then they throw the letter into the fire and continue warming their hands through the fire. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, because it's magnesium, and, yeah, okay. which uh, actually does not burn, but oxidizes very rapidly and Don't can actually use in, uh, burn underwater, underwater. flares. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, magnesium and phosphorus, they uh it's it's not traditional like what you would consider combustion. It just oxidizes rapidly and once the chemical reaction starts, it can uh burn even under a water. So interesting. Cool. Uh come come oh. for the shitty hot takes on movies. Stay for the science. Uh roll about vaccine. On this podcast. Yeah, get your vaccine, you fucking coward. It's true. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about with the first movie? I, uh, I just I just can't believe that this conventionally attractive white woman uh, had such a hard time in high school. Like, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's uh, I'm a little uh, bit tall. My life is ruined. Yep. Meanwhile, like. Her best friend is a is a a black woman who like. There's no character build up for it's just like, you know, who I just I just wanted one scene where she was like, oh, you think that's bad. (laughs) Uh, 
fucking imagine being me and like having real problems. Right. Uh, I'm I'm a black woman in America. That's true. (laughs) That's very true. uh, This is this is built on the shiftiest sand. uh, The foundation of this film. Um, That being said, it's not entirely unenjoyable. I I think that I think that Ava Michelle's fine. I think she's a fine actress. I I think she's given dog shit material. Yeah. They wrote a movie around the premise of her being kind of tall. She's taller than me. Good for her. I I just don't understand the problem. I think I think that I am, you know, an average person, uh, thereby following my own logic that I'm making up right now. That. As the average person, I'm into it. I like tall women who are conventionally attractive. Therefore, 50% of all people would find her attractive. Yeah. There's plenty of people. I don't think she has any real problems. I don't either. Uh, Which, uh, (laughs) after we rate this, brings us into Tall Girl 2. So what would you give Tall Girl? Uh, I would give it a 5.2 out of 10. I also give it a five point. No, uh, this gets a one and a half. This movie's fucking bad. This movie sucks, dude. Flimsiest <laughs> premise with bad cinematography. Well, the cinematography might be on purpose, so actually it might be good cinematography. But like the the script and premise are so fucking bad. I hate it. Stop rewarding the fucking incels from the eighties. I I think realistically, I think it's like a two, but uh, that's just because of how deeply in love with Steve Zahn I am. Uh, I think that he's not in enough movies. That's true. Uh, I I have that opinion because uh, I grew up watching Saving Silverman. Uh, unfortunately, Steve Zahn has been ruined for me because if you remember that wildlife movie that he was starring in, I don't. I don't it was like back in like our college time, but like there was like a he was like a probably like a wildlife documentary crew, uh, and then you remember there was a trailer for it where uh, the shark they they were doing something with the shark and the shark had this like goofy fucking laugh. My roommate had the the shark with the goofy fucking laugh as his uh, screensaver. (laughs) And then he went to the bathroom to shower. And then that played for fucking 30 minutes straight. And I wanted to kill myself. (laughs) Oh, fuck. He came back and was like, has that been on the whole time? And I just went, yep. And then he's like, I'm sorry. And then immediately changed it. (laughs) So, yeah. What time? Uh, all right. Um, well, that's a review of Tall Girl. Let's get ready to complain more. Yeah, it's Tall Girl 2. Even taller problems. Yeah. Tall, taller girl 2. Electric Boogaloo. Uh, tall Kyo Drift. Too tall, too angsty. Tall girl, uh, tall girl king of monsters. Yeah. Uh, this is rated a 4.8 out of 10 on IMDb. So for those of you keeping score, uh, between the two movies, you got a 10 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Uh, Tall Girl 2 is a 2022 PG-rated comedy drama family film. After Jodie Kramen gains popularity, her miscommunications start causing rifts with those around her, and now she really needs to stand tall. 
as directed by Emily Ting, written by Sam Wolfson, based on create characters created by. So who knows if he actually wrote the screenplay? Probably not. Uh, stars the same fucking shitty people. It's the same people. They're, they're the same people in the fucking movie. There's no there's nothing new. Yeah. In terms of cast. There's, well, there's, well, well, there's like, two there's people. There's one person added to the cast. There's, no, there's two because there's the sister and like uh, there's Stig's sister. And then there's uh, oh, yeah. the Stig's sister and then the, the new potential love interest who is right. a love interest. Right. He He's there for stupid reasons. Yeah. There, <laughs> there's some trouble in Tallville. Turns out that her shitty boyfriend's shitty behavior is wearing on Jody. It, yeah. So that's the movie basically is that uh, the incel is starting to continue is continuing to do incel things and is starting to feel some consequences for doing incel things. Uh, yeah. But by the end of the movie, it's completely forgiven for all of his incel behavior. And uh, the status quo from the beginning of the movie is returned to. <sighs> so in this movie, like she still feels like an outcast, even though everybody likes her now, because, you know, she's had such a hard time growing up as being a little bit tall. Uh, but now she let her hair down and doesn't wear like the super tight ponytail. So she's even more conventionally attractive. Overalls and ponytail she, and glasses. She's so yeah. hideous. She, <laughs> uh, she put on a little bit of foundation. Now everybody likes her. Oh my god, this would be so stupid. I fucking hate it. I fucking hate this so much more than the first one. Because it's not like, good at all. There because we continue like the, the main through line is still like the incel. And, and like it, now that's the main focus. And also like she has like this Bojacky like inner voice thing, which you know could have been interesting, but the fact god. is is that it gets introduced in the second movie and not the first movie. The opening scene of this movie is a living hell. Yes, Uh, because it's the two of like her and incel kid speaking directly to the camera about how their relationship is so quirky. At this guy and eventually in in, in the movie, it it turns out that they're just talking to this man. He's just like, why are you why are you telling this? I just want to know what fucking brings you in because I'm trying to be polite. Now I'm revising my store policy to never ask anybody any questions ever. So I don't have someone's fucking life story told to me while they're just trying to buy a fucking backpack. (sighs) <sighs> so yeah the the inner voice thing i think is actually like an interesting concept it's just like why is this introduced now as opposed to you know in the first movie i guess because no one thought of the first movie and then they were like oh my god we need something for the second movie uh uh, uh her own inner conscious being like hey you're a stupid piece of shit everyone fucking hates you you stupid piece of shit you're gonna fuck this up because you're a stupid piece of shit so they stole from Bojack, and I'm not happy about it. This movie makes me want to punch my computer monitor, uh, but then I wouldn't be able to see you in the video chat that we're doing. That's fine. I would. I could send you another computer monitor. I have an extra one just laying around. I don't. I don't know how much I want to talk about this movie. The only. The only good thing about it is is stig and his you know uh the arc that he goes through because at the end of the first movie he becomes like persona non grata and then in this movie he actually like has to rehabilitate his image from persona non grata into like a person people actually like and respect and he does it successfully i just wanted the movie to be about him because like the whole his whole deal is that 
he genuinely likes Jody and the two people that she's cool with. And he just wants them to like him as well. Uh, so he like Jody forgives him for all of his transgressions and thereby is able to just hang out with them and like uh, fucking Dunkers and Farida are just consistently shitty to him the whole time. And he's just like, hey, I I legitimately just want to be your friend and I'm I'm humbling myself at the altar of uh, your like problems with me can can we move past this and they're like right. fuck you you foreigner right uh it's been three months and <laughs> apparently in theory he's been hanging out with him the whole time also he's been at fucking dunker's house because yeah, like he, he lives with him he lives with him hasn't fucking talked to him in three months like this they kid live is in com- bunk beds they are totally they totally ostracized the fucking foreign exchange student kid who they put on a fucking pedestal. And then as soon as they kept pushing him to be like, you know, the popular kid and he became the popular kid, everyone changed their the way they thought. And then he became the unpopular be- kid because he was a piece of shit because of what they created. <laughs> Stig's the hero that this movie needs. That's what I'm saying. He's I'm a, he's, a, he's a victim of circumstance. I'm not saying that Stig and and uh, Tall Girl should wind up together after this movie because, like, I I think that shit passed, and I'm I'm glad that she respects herself enough to just be like, ah, eh, you know, this isn't for me. But she doesn't respect herself enough to to not be with Incel Kid, and it just makes me so uh, fucking mad. I don't know. I think she said should have ended up with Stig at the beginning at at the end of the first movie. Like, she should have been like, hey, you know, we're in high school. We're all kind of shitty and and i forgive you and i'm not gonna give in to the demands of this uh horrible creepy pervert who's been hounding me my entire life i i i just i just it makes me so goddamn mad man because like there's there are legitimate nuggets to these movies that are good the stig stuff good the 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 voice in her head thing good the the shell of the fucking movie is just so fucking awful being centered around their fucking relationship that I don't care about yeah. because I don't already don't like Gluck Gluck that I just want to fucking move on and blow my brains out. Yeah, that's true. Um, so like the. The drama of the movie centers around uh, Jody being pretty and popular. Uh, and therefore having the confidence to try out for the spring musical, which is Bye Bye Birdie. Uh, so like her inner monologue, uh, which is a character in the movie. For some reason uh, is telling her, oh, you're going to fuck this up because you're a tall idiot. Uh, and then like. <laughs> legitimately the funniest part of the movie is when they're rehearsing and she just fucking spin kicks a kid in the face because <laughs> she's so goddamn tall right and the choreography is meant for shorter people so that way they don't spin kick someone in the face yeah so I don't know they have to move the marks on the stage a little bit so that she can do the move uh, so yeah, like that voice in their head is just like, you're going to fuck this up. You're so dog shit. You're going to be terrible in this, in this musical. And she's like, you're right. Voice in my head. I'm going to be terrible. And then everyone is just like spends the rest of the movie propping her up, except for incel kid, who is just like, 
I want to show her that I'm over her. I want to yeah. do yoga with the hot Swedish girl that just came to visit for some fucking reason. And then, you know, she then they reconcile in some way and then she fucking kills it at the musical by silencing the voice in her head and then they get back together and I just like uh oh, we're just we're just I hate <laughs> this. I hate this movie. I don't know. I just I think that it's great that uh the actress Ava Michelle, uh a trained ballet and point dancer, can overcome her height to not be awkward. While she's dancing in Bye Bye Birdie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, I, 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 I like this movie way less than the first one, but I give it roughly the same score because like, I don't think this is a one. I think there, like I said, there are legitimate moments that are very good. It's just, there are, there's just some dog shit writing and direction in where they go with the story that just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and I'm super glad they also immediately threw out the potential love interest because they're like, hey, we shared a kiss. All right, let's be friends. And like, OK, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's spend the entire movie building this. And oh, it turns out that it's nothing. Uh, so this movie's a one and a half, correct? Correct. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll catch you next time in Tall Girl 3. Uh, which presumably will just be called three girl or tall three or tall, tall girl three, where she's trying to get into college and <laughs> I or, don't know. Uh, oh, fuck. Uh, tall girl Hobbs and Shaw. If only uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's about, about her going to college. She's going to be trying to get into college and that's it. That's the movie. And how, how uh, athletic recruiters are just like, Oh my God, you're so tall. Play for our basketball team. All right. Uh, with that, it's time to get into uh, something else. <laughs> I can't entirely. believe you've done this. I'm mad at myself. Don't worry. Uh, it's time for a patron requested review from Gerald from two piece on a podcast for paranormal activity. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. Hi, Paranormal Activity is a 2007 R-rated horror mystery film it is a 6.3 out of 10 on imdb uh 1.1 stars better than tall girl after moving into a suburban home a couple becomes increasingly disturbed by a nightly demonic presence uh, this is written and directed by oren pelly stars katie featherson and micah sloat mika uh, say mika, it right mika uh which is also his name both of their first names in real life are their first names in the movie that's correct. That's how you know this is a low-budget movie. Uh, and also stars Mark Friedrichs as Psychic. Yes, that's true. Uh, so this is a Blumhouse movie, so this is made on the, the barest bones of possible budgets. Uh, it, this was picked uh, up by Blumhouse. This was originally made for $15,000, and yeah. then Blumhouse came in, punched it up a little bit. I think brought it to slightly under $300,000 for its budget. Uh this is a movie about a psychotic couple who sleeps with their bedroom door open. 
Uh, would you like to know about another psychotic couple that sleeps with their bedroom door open? Don't, you don't. Yeah. You monster. Yeah, we do. How are you going to have time to get to the gun on your nightside table if somebody breaks in? Uh, I don't have that either. Uh, I have two dogs. <laughs> oh, just me? Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I don't own a gun. Uh, <laughs> I have a dog that's on, like, that's, like, the first step. And then I have another dog who's the next, like, the like right inside our, our door. That's because he likes to sleep there, and he yeah. freaks out if he's not sleeping there. So that's why we leave the door open, just for the dogs. Yeah. Uh, this is going to sound insane to the uh, people that live in Australia that listen to us who are named Paul. Uh, I sleep with a cocked and loaded pistol on my nightside table. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's America. That is your right. Uh, well, I mean, it's only happened once, but I was going to work the one day and saw a murder scene outside of my apartment complex. I don't blame uh, because you. it's America, which is a dystopia. Uh, if you come into my house and try to kill me, I'm going to kill you back. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So I've seen this before. Uh, and I, uh, I, I I've I never seen it. this. Um, what did you think? I think that this is one of the greatest comedy films of all time, uh, which is interspersed in between uh, a lot of long, boring shots of people sleeping. That's fair. <laughs> this, this movie's so fucking funny. And then? Uh, yeah, I don't know. At, at one point, the dude just puts a bunch of baby powder in the hall. So, like, if something walks in, they can see the footsteps. And there's, like, these weird three-toed footprints that lead up to the to the side of the bed. And they don't say, like, oh, this is weird. They're just like, oh, there's footprints. And it's like, well, yeah. Like, it's it's clearly not human. Like, right. th these are gremlin footprints. Comment on it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You, it, like, you can tell any time that she's asleep with her foot sticking out of the blanket, something's going to pull her foot off the bed. Which is really well, funny. There, there's the big scene at the very end where, you know, it, it it actually like goes under the sheets and grabs her and, you know, yanks her downstairs and and in theory possesses her. And then she fucking murders the guy at the very end. Spoilers for this. Uh, what? 15 year old movie at this point. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But like so like that's the that's the big payoff you're waiting for is for this man to be myrtleized because uh, in the theme of this episode, uh this man thinks he knows better than this woman about everything who like, I want to point out doesn't believe in ghosts. Doesn't believe, oh, I'm sorry, believes in ghosts so much that he's like, Holy fuck. I'm going to catch this ghost on this fucking camera. But then when the psychic comes over, who is telling him all about the fucking demon. And when it turns out to be a demon, he's just fucking roasting the psychic the whole time. And it's like, so what do you believe in? If you don't believe in, if you believe in ghosts, but don't believe in psychics, like they're the same wavelength, man. Like, why don't you believe in both? I don't get it. That's that's true. But yeah, uh, apparently the guy's a day trader. And also uh, my favorite my favorite part of the movie is whenever they first show the camera. And like she's like, why did you get such a big camera? He's like, I don't know. I just really wanted to, you know, capture the theatrical experience. And you, I just went, ah, I see. You couldn't con you couldn't conceivably come up with a way 
to make up for the make up the fact that you were going to have an actual theatrical camera in all of your shots. So you just were like, ah, eh, the guy overspent on a camera because he's an idiot. Okay. Uh, I think this movie's dog shit, uh, oh. poopy garbage. Oh, uh, I, I, I quite like this movie. <laughs> I really, I, 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 I watched, uh, paranormal activity two. I think it was, we watched, uh, or maybe you weren't, maybe you were working at the movie theater at this time, but like when Claire would have that horror thing. Yeah. Um, uh, we watched paranormal activity two together with like, it was a bunch of our friends maybe. And like I said, maybe you weren't there or not, but. Yeah, yeah, I, I, think I I've fucking ever seen loved that. It. So I, I wouldn't say I loved it, but I I really enjoyed Paranormal Activity two, and I enjoyed Paranormal Activity one just enough. Like these yeah, aren't movies uh, that I watch all the time, but it's it's not a terrible concept. It's just like I said, it's uh, a lot of shots of them sleeping, and then like there will be a sound, and then like the drama is them running through the house, seeing that like. Oh, the keys are not on the counter anymore. Oh, the 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 chandelier is swinging like a little bit. Right, like uh, an earthquake isn't a like isn't a concept for them, despite the fact that they live in California. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I I don't think it's garbage. I like it. It's it's simple, uh, especially uh, for a movie made for as little as it was. I think they did a pretty good job. Uh, yeah, it's it was fine. also apparently shot over uh, an entire week. Like this is, this is from shooting an entire week, not just, you know, uh, in the multiple days on, on film set. They they shot it in a week. And I, that's, yeah. I think it's pretty impressive. Like, I mean, the, the behind the scenes stuff, I think is most impressive. About I, th- this movie. I think if this movie took longer than a week to shoot, they all fucked up real bad. That's true. The only thing is, is like we I look at that house. and I'm like, why do they have so many rooms in this house? Like there's just two rooms that never get used at all upstairs two bedrooms like conceivably it's two guest rooms but it's like why are these here uh if we can get back to tall girl for one minute (laughs) i have the same problem with like their house in that movie because it looks like a fucking event space because like anytime they're out like the family's eating dinner they're like out on the back patio like next to the pool and it's like it looks like they're in a fucking country club it's like is is steve zahn in the mafia he might be. I don't know what her parents do. That's the thing. Like I know, like Angela Kinsey is considered like a, a former beauty pageant winner. Yeah. But like I, I don't know, know that what he at does. one point Steve Zahn freaks out and he's like, "If anybody tried to fuck with my little girl, I'd kill them." Nobody fucks with my family. Nobody. Yeah, that's very mafioso. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, I don't have much to say about paranormal activity that probably hasn't already been said. But yes, I enjoy it, Gerald. Your your picks recently uh, have been vibing with me, which is a, a phrase I never thought I'd say. Right, what would you rate this? Three and a half. It's like a two. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry you had of, such a miserable week. Well, it's just, I mean, it's fine. It's not like unwatchable garbage. It's just kind of a nothing movie where nothing happens. And it's just a bunch of shots of like, Oh, isn't this weird that like the furniture moved a foot and a half. Yeah. Actually the best part in the movie is where like, uh, the, the husband brings in a Ouija board after he was explicitly told not to, uh, and the wife doesn't just say, Hey, I'm leaving to go live with my sister now. Right. Uh, and then, like, they leave, and like the fucking 
thing on the Ouija board just starts moving around and then it catches on fire. And then the guy just is never able to piece together like, oh, what could what could it have been trying to tell me? I think he was saying like something like Diane or something like I think he eventually came with Diane. And I think eventually, like whenever because this series is still going, I think they do a prequel where it is the Diane woman who is haunted by the same demon. But I could be wrong, Gerald. Gerald, when we have him on next week, will be able to tell me because he watches lots of garbage movies. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Uh, sorry, Gerald, that I didn't like your your bad movie. He'll get over it uh, because next week we'll be spending time roasting him because uh, he'll be on for uh, one of our two main review topics, uh, which will be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, and to pair with that, as if it couldn't get worse uh, of a pairing we have raising dion season two yes a children's live action superhero show with a gory bloody r-rated murder movie (laughs) uh my torture continues all right well uh tell him stuff dan you can find the show at Netflix and Swill, I'll your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. Uh, that includes other podcasts we host, uh, such as Stacking Triggers, a Magic Gathering podcast, uh, Rabbit Ears TV podcast, where Ashley talks about nostalgic TV, and uh, introducing Apple Teeny Plus. That's right. Uh, Gerald from that show and uh, Brad from the Cinema Guys are doing a podcast all about the Apple Plus streaming service uh, calling Apple Teeny Plus and also uh, kind of roasting us on our fir- on their first episode. We're hosting that podcast as well. Uh, everyone go subscribe to it now. It's on all podcatchers, just like this show. Wow, it's super cool and chill that I get to be fucking put on blast. It's like, yeah, we're going to we're going to make our, <laughs> our format a little different from other shows that cover streaming services. And like what other fucking shows cover streaming services? You chuckle fucks. I don't know. That's that's what I get for creating this show as a, a shitty off brand epic film, guys. That's true. Uh, yes, we we are epic film guys at home. <laughs> we're nothing like Bonders or Bonders ornament <laughs> at home, though. I'll tell you that. Wish we were Bonders ornament at home. That card's good. Stop Bro. referencing our other podcast. Nobody gets it. Uh, no, I have to I have to say this the, before we the leave. The overlap there is so narrow. It's, it's true. It's Jimmy and Chris Yaney because he's just loyal to us for no reason. That's true. But uh, I, I will say I went back and whenever like Bonders ornament was discussed or like a uh, uh, network terminal was discussed in the discord uh, for the popper discord that you're in. I just watched this man fucking freak out on you for like 15 posts in a row being like, it's not better than Bonders ornament. It's not even as good as but Bo- I wouldn't even play this over Bonders ornament. I'm just like, oh, my God, please go outside. Please, yeah. please get off Discord if you if you're taking it this fucking seriously. It's kind of uh, there's a couple people there that are just kind of like that. Like I, I brought up that like new sets are designed for standard and limited play, and I that, feel like that everything else guy. just gets managed through bands of cards that break stuff. Uh, and he was like, "Citation needed." Yeah, I saw that. I was like, what the fuck is this guy complaining about? <laughs> because I want to point out, you started the sentence with, I feel like, which it means this is my opinion. Yeah. Uh, it's okay, because I can choose to not interact with that person. 
Yeah, fuck that guy. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Next week, Raising Day on season two, Texas Chainsaw Massacre should be a good time, I guess. We'll see. Uh, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter, uh, which is Dan's feelings after uh, foisting the Tall Girl franchise on all of us. I've been foisted on my own petard by that one. <laughs> All right, and until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.